Hi and welcome to the Corporate Life Podcast. My name is Hina Siddiqui and I loved and hated my corporate jobs for years. This podcast is going to empower you to go high on your career without losing yourself. I invite you to join me each week as you will hear real cool stories of the real cool corporate people doing real things in the corporate world and their experiences and advice can change your story too. Hi this is Hina Siddiqui and you are listening to the Corporate Life Podcast. I so much believe in the holistic approach in life. If you are climbing the corporate ladder fast and your finances are also great, but your health or your relationships are not blooming, you will not be able to enjoy your career success entirely. In fact, you will never be able to sustain that career progression if you are struggling in other areas of your life. The sad fact is that for a lot of people, their intimate relationships are dying a slow death. Yes, you guessed it. Today we are talking about saving marriages in these critical times when the tolerance levels are all time low and plenty of corporate people don't have a clue how they can restore the spark in their marriages. Today we are joined by two extraordinary guests Heather Jot and Mark founders of High Thrive Coaching who have made it their life's mission to help thousands of couples rediscover love and restore their marriages. Heather is a number one best-selling author and an international marriage and mindset expert, while Mark has spent the last 15 years empowering clients to make real changes in their lives and save their relationships. Through their unique method and profound personal experiences, they guide couples from bitterness and pain to lasting stability, intimacy, and affection. Hi, Heather. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're honored and grateful to be here. It's really exciting because uh, this is for the first time we are covering like this. We are talking about this topic, saving marriages, which is so so important in today's. times where divorce rates are going really higher and higher each passing day it's i was just looking at a statistic and it says that 40 to 50% divorce rate in america i am based in india it's a bit low here uh, however but the marriages are not working though the the, the relationship suffers but then marriages are uh, there intact so let's talk about it so my first question to you is that why are you so passionate about uh, saving marriages why am i saying it because we know that uh, when we have lived through something you know something which, which is very close to our heart then only we are passionate about doing something so what is your story behind it i would first like to ask you mark sure so i've always been interested in helping out with relationships i think this all uh started when i was in school studying psychology and i was even at that point i was seeing other people in my life who were really struggling with their own relationships i was just starting off my own marriage my my wife and i have been together for well married for almost 18 years and i you know here i was i was in these psychology classes and i saw all these other marriages failing i was like maybe i need to figure something out here and maybe i need to make sure i'm doing what i need to do to have my own marriage relationship be happy healthy and all of that so i think that's what a lot of it came down to is like i really valued my relationship enough with my wife Jennifer to say hey i need to figure some things out and as i kept going further i kept seeing that so many people in my circles or just in society in general 
didn't really have those basic relationship skills taught to them at any point. Um, I can't think of any point where just in my nor- the normal course of my life where someone's like, here is some good, solid relationship advice. This is how you keep a relationship intact. It was just never shown to me. I had to really, really seek it out as a professional before I really started to get, get any insight. So I thought, hey, this is this is something that's really needed, not just to, uh, for myself, but it's just needed in general. Right. What, what that is uh, for you, Heather? Yeah. So for me, I've also been married almost 18 years. And the first nine years of my marriage were more or less stable. And then like many couples, we fell head over heels in love during the honeymoon phase and everything was really fun. And then we fell into like a pattern. And in our pattern, specifically, we would suppress emotions, try to sweep issues under the rug, not really try to deal with them until we just couldn't take it anymore. Then we would explode. And then we'd have to like pick up the pieces after that. Right. And we became somewhat functional with this dysfunctional pattern. And I think that's where a lot of couples are at. You kind of learn to just deal and cope with the way things are. And a lot of us don't know that it's really not our fault that you haven't don't have the relationship that you want or that your spouse is wanting a divorce. So it is like Mark said, we really need to learn these foundational skills. So back to a little bit about my story there, as we had this pattern going on, it worked okay until about nine years into our marriage. Then I was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer while I was pregnant with our sixth baby. And as I was going through this, I became emotionally triggered a new pattern, right? As my husband started turning to his family for emotional support, I felt like he was abandoning me. And I felt like I'd already lost everything. I had lost my breast. I'd lost our business. We'd lost our house. I'd lost my health. And I felt like I was going to lose my husband. And that was more than I could take. And so it wasn't until I looked at the pattern that I had inside myself that I didn't feel like I was deserving of love. I didn't feel like I was worthy of love. And that was creating the issues and the disconnection between us. And when I realized like, if this is the pattern I've created, then I can change it. And so now my husband and I not only have healed that own dysfunctional pattern in our own marriage, but Mark and I here at High Thrive, we've been able to help thousands of couples now Mm -hmm. to heal dysfunctional patterns in their own marriages and to save their marriage, even if they're the only one wanting to work on it. And so that's exactly what we do. And I'm excited to share that with people because I feel like, you know, your your audience here is corporate executives, right? And corporate people. Uh, the more you free up that energy that you're spending on all the drama in your relationship and all the tension in your relationship, then you can show up in your workspace and be even more creative, right? You can have more what we call emotional capital, right? You've got your financial capital, you've got emotional capital. When you free up all that energy and things are going well in your marriage, then things can go even better in your career. And we can have that um, balance between work life and home life. That's going to help you to be your best self. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Because a lot of stuff is being said about it, like, like, you know, keep your personal and professional life separate. But this is not possible because you are one single person. You cannot do that. Like when you are coming to work, you are bringing all that emotional uh, trauma or drama that you just talked about. And uh, when we go back and again, you know, 
this is uh this is a never-ending vicious circle so when we are sorted in our marriages in our relationships then we can better show up at work we can be more productive we can show up that kind of relationship skill that uh, we have developed in our relationship like personal at the professional level also because the relationship wise basic skills that are needed very fundamental stuff so that's beautiful that makes a lot of sense Imagine a healing and coaching experience in the magical Bali, Indonesia. Light yoga, healthy food, simple meditations, conscious living, inner healing, a ton of interesting activities, plus coaching sessions on creating your career success blueprint, mindset shifts including your money mindset and peak performance. You would come back with fresh new confidence and positive power with your very own success blueprint to make a true difference at your work, impact the world around you and make much much more money in your career. It's happening on various dates starting October this year and I would love for you to be a part of it. Visit my website www.authorhina.com to know more about this luxury retreat. You'd come back as a different person. I promise you that. we say that uh, the uh, marriages are interesting until the honeymoon period and after that like that is euphoria like for the first six months people are so excited about it and they want to you know promise moons and <laughs> stuff like this and afterwards the marriages start losing their spark so uh, why do you think like let's go into that a little bit deeper though you touched base on that but then what would you like to talk about that uh, i would like to ask heather you first Yeah, and so this is something Mark and I have studied extensively because people do become very attached and sometimes even addicted to that feeling of euphoria that comes from the honeymoon phase. And so when that feeling wears off, as it inevitably will, because as Mark will explain, I'm sure here in a minute, like stressors come in, kids come in, career comes in, life gets more challenging and when those challenges come, you need to have that deeper level of a foundation in the relationship to kind of weather those storms and not just even weather them but to become even better uh as a couple right stronger as a couple so some people have the the idea or the notion that the honeymoon phase that feeling of euphoria head over heels in love that passionate romantic sparks and fireworks and all that stuff should be what's always there in a marriage and i'm not saying it can't be because it it definitely should be there but there needs to be a deeper level behind it and some people when that feeling wears off then they think oh we've fallen out of love now they're criticizing me or they're picking on me about things now we aren't communicating and now we've fallen into some of those negative patterns those dysfunctional patterns i talked about and then they pull away from the relationship and go seek another one and then they continue to try to chase after that feeling yes. of the honeymoon stage and they never really get to where they're wanting To me the ideal relationship is where you're loved and accepted for who you really are. Yeah. Flaws and and your partner deeply loves and accepts you and you deeply love and accept them. We call this a positive regard, unconditional positive regard for your spouse. And you work together as a team to handle those challenges and you have that deep level of connection and commitment. So that's kind of what I see as far as what happens in the pattern with the the honeymoon phase dissolving into it becomes more challenging. And I also feel that initially we are trying to be someone else, right? We are trying way too much to please our partners or our spouses and we are being someone that we are not. And in that process like, you know, uh, as we go along, it creates a build up 
And uh, when this it becomes too much, and then you know it's it's just no more for us, and we don't want to take it anymore on that. So this is also something like when we are not being ourselves, definitely it cannot last for too long because you cannot pretend to be someone that you are not for a very long time. So it has to end somewhere, right? So what do you think about that, Mark? Well, I think very specifically what tends to happen in these early stages of the relationship, I think why it feels exciting and why it feels the way it does is there's a lot quicker of like what what I would call a reward cycle. So like, hey, first date, um, I get some, like I can remember my first date with my wife. And I was like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous here. I'm going to try putting my arm around her and I'm going to see how does she respond? Oh, she leans into me. This is, that, that was a really exciting point. I was like, hey, she's interested in, in me. And that felt exciting. And it, it's easy to have a lot of these rewards very quickly at the, that early stage. Yeah, I'm going to tell her a little bit something about myself. And there she is. She's totally understanding, accepting. She's excited to hear it. And we keep having these these rewards very, very quickly. So like these early stages just lend itself to being a lot more exciting because these rewards come frequently, all the time, because I'm, I'm, I'm making myself a little bit vulnerable and open and it's rewarded over and over and over again. As the relationship progresses, um, it's harder to come up with like that new and exciting thing to share with your partner and it becomes a little bit more routine. I generally what happens at that stage is the the relationship needs to shift a little bit more and it needs to have a little bit more commitment, a little bit more depth to it. I would say like right now I I would absolutely say I'm I'm more in love with my wife now than I was many many years ago, but it's largely because we we focus a whole lot on making sure that the our interactions are very rewarding. We have to work towards it. But because we've done that and it continues to be rewarding and we've had this time together, the relationship has a lot more depth. And that in and of itself is a different sort of reward that not all relationships know how to make that transition super well. So like, yes, there is that kind of sense that, hey, if things are so much more romantic or so much more exciting at those early stages. And you even mentioned like, sometimes we need to like be a different person uh, at those early stages to impress our partner. But then as we get a little bit more complacent and we need to have a little bit more of that depth and acceptance of that other person as they really are, it's a different set of skills yeah. and it's a different sort of focus and in my opinion, can be so much more rewarding if done well. It's just, like I said, I think Heather mentioned this too, is that we just don't, I don't know about how it is where you are, but in the United States, we just don't talk about it as a society. Like, how do you have a successful relationship? No one, that's not a part of normal discussion. It's not a part of, it's just not a, not a normal part of anything. And so I think so many people fail to make that transition well in the relationship kind of slowly drifts apart or builds up some tension. I agree with that. Like it's a skill that we need to learn. And as you rightly said that nobody talks about it. We have never got any kind of, you know, formal education or informal education around it, like how to get into the relationship and to succeed in it and how to how to love. 
So love is not a noun, it's a verb where we need to do some work, right? Initially, we we do the work. But after a certain point of time, we stop doing that work. And then it becomes like we fall out of love. So Mm -hmm. this is something that I see. This is is a big problem. What do you think about this, Heather? Yeah, yeah, you're right on with that. Um, It's really learning, like Mark said, those skills. And the good news is that you can learn them. Anyone can learn them. And we've proven that with thousands and thousands of couples that we've worked with. I think one of the the things that a lot of people get triggered with is when your spouse is pulling away, when they go into any of, you know, you fall into an unhealthy pattern with your partner, then you get triggered and you go into fear and you go into a very self-centered, it's normal, it's natural. I'm not saying it's bad. But we just need to be real about what actually happens. We start to focus on ourselves. We start to look at them like they're the enemy. They need to change. They're at fault, right? And we talk about playing in the, what's called the drama triangle, right? And we go into these different roles to try to get our needs met. And we are often doing this from a place of just pure fear. We're afraid of being alone. We're afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of pain. And so we tend to have all the focus go on ourselves. And if you're focused on yourself and your spouse is focused on themselves, two selfish people do not equal a healthy relationship, right? right? So it is really learning those skills of how do I understand where you're coming from? How can I gain a perspective into what you're wanting and why you're doing this and why you're saying this? Mm -hmm. And when you get that understanding and that perspective, now you can even develop some empathy, right? A deep level of, I see you, I see where you're coming from. I can even understand and accept and even validate where you're coming from. Even if you don't accept the behavior, because that's a different issue, right? You can accept the person without accepting the behavior. The behavior might be very unhealthy or unstable and and not (laughs) what we want to see, right? But you can still deeply accept the person and understand why are they doing this? And then when you have that empathy and you go into like, okay, why is this really happening? We call that the root issue, right? So we always want to make sure that we're focusing on the root issue, not just the symptom of the problem in the relationship. And when we can solve issues at the root level, now we can identify what is the actual problem and what is the solution, what's actually wanted. Yeah. So Mark has a process here where we create common goals mm-hmm. with our spouse um, where they will agree to this goal in like an acceptable arena. It's this zone where you guys can both come together and agree on what is wanted. And that's going to be different based on wherever you are in your relationship. For couples on the verge of divorce, that's going to be look a lot different than couples that are committed and just working through some issues, right? Yeah. As you create those common goals, then we can work together as a team to get those needs met. So now you're not feeling alone. Now you're not in fear. You have empathy and understanding for your partner. You're not just focused on yourself and you're understanding what do we actually want here and how do we work together as a team to create that? And that frees up that emotional energy. Then you're now a creator, not just a victim or a persecutor or a hero. Now you're a creator and you're both co-creating a life that feels good to both of you. And here, I would like to ask you this question that what are some of the red flags that marriage is not working? Because people are living quite unaware in this time, right? People are very busy. And nowadays I've heard that the couples have started living in different bedrooms, like the, the apartments have two master bedrooms. In How do they know that you know the marriage is not working in the times where people are staying very unaware like they are not very conscious about what's happening in their lives i know they're they're within our kind of system we like to take a look at like five different areas so specifically we're looking at 
things like fulfillment within the relationship, our emotional needs supported, uh, not just allowed, but like supported. We also look at feedback. Can the couple talk about problems? Can they show appreciation? Can they have that discourse? We also talk about intimacy, not just sex, but like, can the couple feel close and open and vulnerable with each other? We also look at positive regard. We say, okay, hey, what are the beliefs that each partner has about each other and the relationship? And we also look at commitment as like the willingness to sit and work through some some issues together. Uh, I think that's a, a really good like place to start in terms of like looking at some red flags. Heather and I, we tend to look at other people's theories and uh, as well. And a, a really common one is John Gottman's theories. He, he's a big name in terms of marriage research. He talks about the, the four horsemen of divorce, like things that really, if these things are present, it's going to lead to some separation or, or divorce. And he talks about criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. But like, it depends on which angle you want to come from. You can say, hey, are these pillars that I just talked about present or are these problems like John Gottman's, pro- those four horsemen, are they present? Those are all tend to be red flags. Um, so like a lot of times when we have clients that are coming in, we'll go through a lot of these things. And I, I would say the most, most common issues that they're facing is that they'll say, hey, we don't have good feedback. We sit on these problems, we let we sweep them under the rug, or either that or we when there are problems, the it tends to turn into these arguments that escalate to the point where nothing really productive gets said and then we just don't come back to it. Um, I would say if anything, if if you if there's issues like that and there's just not feedback going on, then that is a recipe for for disaster because any sort of committed relationship that's together for a long enough time, there's going to be problems and they have to be addressed. Otherwise it just keeps building and building and building until it's going to explode. Yeah. So if we're just kind of summing it all up, what really do you need to to look out for? If I were to say just one thing, just make sure that you are having those conversations where you're actually taking care of problems and don't let them continually sit on the sidelines and not deal with them. Correct. And uh, it's very important that we look at uh, what's happening in our marriage uh, consciously. And whenever we see something like that, it's time to uh, go to a professional, like go to some professional people, you know, like you. It's just not that people usually crib with their friends, right? They just complain about it and uh, they talk uh, about it at all the wrong places that would not help them. So it's very important to be in that safe place where you are seeking professional help around it and do something to save your relationship because the relationship is the most important, like the most juice comes from the relationships in our life. No matter how much money we make, great health and everything, career going too good. But then relationship is something that is the you know essence of everything so this is very important how is your approach different from the traditional methods uh heather would you like to answer this question yeah we're radically different than traditional therapy at least here in the united states they take kind of like a talk approach where you just kind of talk about your feelings and what we do is we give you specific direction and action steps we take all of our clients through a deep marriage analysis One of my favorite sayings is you cannot read the label when you're inside the bottle, right? 
So if we're inside the bottle, we can't read the label. We can't see what's really going on. And we're all inside the bottle of our own marriage. That's why it really takes someone from the outside who knows how to read the label, how to diagnose what's really going on and prescribe the right treatment plan to get you to the result that you want. And so after we do that assessment, now we know what the problems really are and we know what the correct solutions really are. And we give you action steps and feedback every step along the way to make sure that you're implementing it correctly. Because for many people, these are brand new skills. They maybe not know how to get out of defensiveness or blame or criticism or stonewalling, like Mark mentioned with the four horsemen there, right? They don't know how to get out of contempt. And so we show them how to interrupt that pattern, that dysfunctional pattern and create the new pattern. And you really can't do that on your own. Almost no one can because you just don't see it. You're so close to it. You can't see it. And that's why it does take an expert to help guide you and give you that feedback, help you know, you know, did you implement that correctly? And what is the next step as you evolve in the relationship process based on whatever phase they start with, whether that's on the verge of divorce, a spouse that's having an affair, doesn't want to talk with them, doesn't want to work on the marriage to maybe someone that's just stuck in the friends stage, right? Maybe they're just co-parenting. They're just kind of like roommates, right? That's going to be a very different approach that we're going to take in helping you solve that issue. So it's completely custom to exactly where you're at and where you need to go and giving you that feedback all along the way to make sure that you're making the progress to get you where you want to go. I would say the vast majority of our, our clients are coming to us because their marriage is in crisis and someone is considering leaving the relationship. I think that's where I'm going to like start from as opposed to like, we do have a, a subset of clients that are in a better situation and where both partners are coming in working together. But, you know, let's just take that first instant um, situation here first. Generally what we're trying to do is we, we need to create some understanding, like why the, the partner is leaving, what they're motivated to accomplish by separating. That's generally a very short sort of step. From there, a lot of my focus in working with the clients is in calming the situation down and establishing kind of like a foundation that change is happening on my client's side. Most of the time, we have just one partner coming in trying to save the relationship. So we say, hey, look, you're the one that's motivated to save the, the marriage. So you need to establish that you have made some changes, no matter what the other person is doing. From there, it becomes a little bit easier to say, hey, um, let's build some some common goals. Let's try to, e- even if the other partner is trying to separate even further, there's almost always some sort of issues that need to be resolved. And we we get the ball rolling a little bit, trying to build up some cooperation. So we say, hey, look, can we have a little bit more respect in our conversation? Can we try and co-parent a, a little bit better together? Can we try to have some semblance of normalcy for our kids? And we try to build up some amount of cooperation. We can then more easily start getting the other partner participating in some healing behavior. Great. And I believe that there must be a lot of mindset or self-worth work that goes into it because uh, the relationships are all about the kind of self-worth that we have, what, how we feel about ourselves. This is how we show up in our relationships and other places. So what three pieces of advice you would like to give to our corporate professionals to save their marriage? All right. I'll take a stab at at least the first one. <laughs> the first one I would say is make sure you're prioritizing the relationship. Mm-hmm. I know that these people are, you know, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. 
you know, Mark and I, we started High Thrive uh, almost, let's see, almost eight years ago. And it's consuming, right? When you have a career, it's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. So when you prioritize the relationship, make sure that you're nurturing it, make sure that you are giving it what it needs to be healthy, that you're up-leveling your skills. You know, most of you probably invested in your education, you invested in these professional skills, you invested in, you know, your resume and, you know, how you're showing up in your, in your job. And so take a little time to invest in your relationship, take some time to educate yourself, take some time to up-level those skills. It's going to help free up that emotional capital for you to be your very best at work and at home. So one of the things that we do, if I could give you guys some action steps, um, would be to make sure you have a date night regularly, where if you have kids, you're not with the kids, you're not talking about work, you're not talking about business, you're not talking about those problems, you know, where you can deeply connect with each other and making sure that that is a priority for you to nurture that relationship. And then the other piece of action step here would make sure you spend at least 15 minutes looking each other in the eye. So put down the phones, put down the distractions. That eye contact is what helps create that intimacy and that bond and really share openly how you're feeling, how your day went, what's important to you, what are your goals, what are you working on, right? What what matters to you and listen deeply to your partner. And we've been given two ears and one mouth for a reason. So this is advice I need all the time is like, close your mouth, listen, listen to your partner, try to understand where they're coming from. That would be my first piece of advice. I'm going to ping pong it over to Mark here for the the second one. (laughs) So sure. One of the biggest pieces of our program, I think is going to be what I would suggest for the, the second bit of advice. So we call, we call this home messages, like, and their home messages are these things that we, we call it that because it's, Something that's communicated, you keep coming back to, it's meant to be warm and inviting. Essentially, it's these affirmations that you share with your partner that are very clearly communicated that you demonstrate with action. But basically, what I'm getting at here is be very conscious about where you are trying to take your relationship and work towards that. So I'll I'll give an example. Like my, my wife and I, there was a point in our relationship where I was going to grad school and I had two jobs. And so uh, we also just had our third child at that time. We were extremely busy and we both kept thinking to ourselves, like my my husband, my wife isn't really paying attention to me. And it got really bad. We were starting to snap at each other and we said, okay, hold on, what what's going on here? And we both said, hey, I don't feel like a priority. So we made it a point to say, hey, it's really important to us that we communicate how important the other person is to us. So we we made it, we said, okay, this is our goal. This is what we are trying to affirm within our relationship. So how do we need to talk differently to each other? What do we need to do differently to, with each other? How are we needing to adjust our thinking? And we tried to support those different pieces within our relationship. Like Heather said, you know, like date nights are important. So we we re- recognized that we weren't doing that. Um, so we, we we went through and just all aspects of a relationship and said, how are our interactions supporting this one idea of we are actually important to each other? Now, the concept of home messages could be a lot of different things. Um, I, I was just working with a couple where they said, okay, we want our home message to be that we have a passionate and romantic relationship. I said, great. Great. I want to support that idea. So what are you guys actually going to be doing 
differently to say to actually demonstrate that that is true what are you saying to each other how, how are you you know are, how are you going to be flirting differently to really communicate that one central idea and i know a lot of the entrepreneur a lot of the people within the business world they know how to create goals so use that use that skill and say what is the goal within the relationship and how are we actually working towards that how are we supporting these central ideas that we want to build and i think if you are working on your relationship very consciously like that that's always a good thing yeah i love that first is that the corporate professionals are very busy with the deadlines they are ambitious they are always uh, you know absorbed in the kind of work and i work with people and i see that uh, the people are they don't have that work uh, you know work life balance and the boundaries in place so anytime like you know in for example in india i was working with a client and he had uh, this uh, he just told me that 12:30 night he was on a call with somebody i said this is something that you need to work on because you have a family you have a wife forget about child but then you need to have some time for for your relationship and the thing is that uh, we don't often make the relationship goals we make our career goals we make money goals but then relationship goals are also very important because they may not be very tangible like we they not when achieved they may not you know look like very tangible that okay i have achieved this today but then you feel that while you live your day to day life so this is very important to have goals so that really wonderful advice really being conscious about what you want to create in your relationship mm-hmm. so prioritize it know where you want to go and create goals around that together as a couple mm-hmm. and like you said you're going to feel it you might not be able to check a box, right? You could check a box on date night, but yeah. you can feel it when you know where you're wanting to go in your relationship. Healthy relationships do not happen by accident. Yeah. They don't. You know, the like 80 year old couple that's holding their hands and they're just so in love with each other. And they just have this like comfort and and just beautiful I don't know, energy or presence about them. That didn't happen by accident. They created that. So my last piece of advice is, yes, know what you're wanting to create, know where you're wanting to go. And then look at your own self, like look at the patterns that you have in your own mind, in your own heart, in your own body. If you want a relationship that is deeply fulfilling and where you love and accept your partner for who they are, and they love and accept you for who you are, and you have all those emotional needs met, where it's just so joyful, it's so intimate, it's so close, it's so safe, then look at what might be holding you back inside yourself. What are some of those limiting fears or those limiting beliefs? I mentioned at the very beginning, my pattern was I believed I wasn't deserving of love. Mm -hmm. I wasn't worthy of love. And so if you believe that on a core level, like deep inside your subconscious, deep inside your brain, you've been telling yourself this story, you're going to create that. There's no way that you can receive that kind of level of trust and connection and commitment in a relationship. You're going to do things that are going to self-sabotage it. You're going to do things that are going to push your partner further away and create the exact thing that you're fearing. Mm -hmm. So really look deep at what are your own limiting beliefs or stories or fears, your behaviors and your patterns, and then choose to shift those. Because the reality is we're all deserving of love. We are all worthy. We are all good enough. We're all intelligent. We can trust each other and you can create that relationship. So that would be my last piece of advice is go deep inside yourself to remove those limiting stories and uncover the truth of who you really are so that you can show up as your authentic self. You, you talked about the beginning, like we sometimes pretend to be someone, yeah. right? You want to show up as who you really are and have that, that level of like so raw, so vulnerable where you can see my flaws, you can see my weaknesses, you can see my fears, 
and that's okay. Like we're safe together. That kind of connection and intimacy just cannot be replicated by anything else in this world. So it starts by going deep inside yourself, knowing where you want to go, prioritizing the relationship. Yeah, beautiful. I would like to add that uh, be yourself. That's very important. First of all, never discount the relationship. And when you be yourself, let the other person be themselves, right? You don't try to change the other person. It's like, just try to understand what uh, their side of story, what their expectations are, and make some common goals. And this definitely, I'm sure that nobody can do alone. So they need some professional uh, experts to walk with, and that makes all the difference. Mark and Heather, what is the best way to contact you and how can people work with you? Yeah. So the best way is on our website, highthrivecoaching.com. That's H-I-G-H for high, thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, coaching.com. And you can book a free marriage analysis with us. That's mm-hmm. where we're going to read the label on your bottle. Remember I said we can't read mm-hmm. the label ourselves. So we're going to read the label on the bottle of your marriage. We're going to diagnose what's really going on and prescribe the right treatment plan for you so that you can get where you want to be in your marriage. We also have our podcast, The Thriving Marriage, as well, that you can check out on anywhere podcasts are. <laughs> it's on YouTube or YouTube channel, on iPodcasts, Spotify, etc. So those would be the two plus best places to go um, would be highthrivecoaching.com and The Thriving Marriage Podcast. Wonderful. And I'm going to include your contact information, your website details in the show notes section so that people can find you there, book a free analysis call with you and get the benefit of it. Thank you very much for your time today. And I had this lovely, lovely conversation. And I'm sure that our listeners also got a lot of value from this discussion. Thank you so much. It's been our pleasure. The end of the honeymoon period does not mean the end of love. It's an opportunity to discover the real essence of your relationship. Give it a deep, aware thought. How's your marriage going and how can you make it exciting and fun? Once again, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know how did you like this conversation. Don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for more captivating conversations with remarkable guests. That's it for this week. I'll see you next week. Love you guys and girls. Stay happy and safe. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website, authorhina.com for life and career changing tools and resources. Be sure to download and read my book, Secrets of the Six-Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.